Oh, where have you been, big man? Out and about, you know. I missed you, son. You find anything interesting? It's strange country out there. That it is. Hello? 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 Uh, How do you you start a podcast? I don't know how to start a podcast anymore. I haven't done it in a month, so... Uh, I think it it goes something like... Oh, you got something? (laughs) No, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever done one effectively, so... Oh, okay. I have absolutely no help here. Okay. But I think it goes like this. Hello there, and welcome to episode 61 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. We are back to be in your earlobes to hear us talk about video games. I am your host, Nick, and I am joined by the Don to my Marcus, John. Mm. Now, John, are you, how do you feel coming back? Dude, I feel I feel hyped up, man. Like, I was I was telling some of the guys here at work that, like, I was a little more excited to, to jump into this one than normally. Just, I think, you know, I'm feeling reinvigorated. I'm feeling fresh. Got some got some awesome things to talk about. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to get this season two kicked off. I, I got to say, I was I didn't know if we were going to continue the number structure, if we were going to Mortal Kombat this bitch and just go back to one. <laughs> but, you know, we, uh, we're at 61, man. Feeling great. Feeling good. Okay. All right. Yeah, we have, we have a lot to talk about including uh, catching up with us and then what we're currently playing and then a bunch of other things that have come up and the future of the show. So we're just going to get right into it. And I kind of want to catch up on things that did not happen because we were off. We took this break. And the first Mm -hmm. thing is John never got to review Final Fantasy 16. We never did the bonus episode because of the break. And that's where John was going to review it. But now we're here, John. You beat the game. You know, it it, it yeah. kind of feels weirdly not relevant anymore because more games are coming out. But uh, it did come up in the news this weekend, which we'll touch on in just a sec. But uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, John. Floor is yours. Review Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, man. It uh, it doesn't have turn-based game, so it's one out of five. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 no. This game, so Final Fantasy 16, you know, came out in late June for us. Uh, you, you, you nailed it, Nick. It is weird how I almost had to expel all of the things from my mind over the past month to, to make some room for this one again. Not not because it was a, a knock against Final Fantasy 16, but we've just been inundated with new release after new release after big release lately, mm-hmm. so got to get back in that Final Fantasy 16 mind frame, but... Um, man, what a game, Nick. What, what a game this was. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed all of my time I spent with it. And so just to kind of start off here, uh, give everybody a little bit of background. I'm sure I've said it before, but uh, my Final Fantasy experience is 10 is one of my favorites ever. Uh, and then I've also beaten 12, uh, 7 Remake, and then now 16. Um, and I've bounced off of the OG 7, uh, 9, 13, and 15. So I'm kind of a, you know, a middle Final Fantasy level player, I would say. It's not mm-hmm. my favorite series in the world, but it is able to reach a lot of the highs that, you know, I look for when I when I play video games. So um, kind of made a pro a pros and cons list to make this uh, review as easy to digest as possible. Um, so, but obviously, want to start off with with some of the strong things, and, and there are a lot. So, this is probably going to take up a lot of lot of the time here. But um, 
you know, so for those who know the Final Fantasy, it, it took a step, Final Fantasy 16 took a step more into the um, grounded level of fantasy. You know, you think of knights and lords and medieval things and dragons and stuff like that. And I thought that was a very, very appropriate place to take the franchise, you know, especially if we're going to innovate and change a lot of the systems and things that are in place. Combat obviously being the major one uh, with the combat director who did Devil May Cry 5, uh, Ryota Suzuki, him having his hand in a lot of the gameplay, you knew that it was going to change dramatically. So, you know, kind of having a more grounded grounded world with grounded characters felt like it fit right at home. But, you know, when I think of this game, Nick, you know, there's one thing that really stands out that I think this game not only did an amazing job at, but some of the best I've ever seen. And I'm just going to jump right into it, and that's the boss fights. I think the boss fights in this game are some of the best I've ever seen, at least specifically from a grandiose spectacle point of view. Mm-hmm. Really the only game that I would say comes close to this one in terms of just a, a spectacle of what I'm doing on screen is probably God of War 3. Like that's the only one I can really think of where you are, you know, specifically, and I guess we probably should have said at the top here, this will be slight spoilers. So if you haven't beaten Final Fantasy 16, you're still making your way through it. Um, maybe consider skipping this or whatnot, because I will probably say, uh, you know, some things that you might want to save for yourself, you know, make sure you experience it in its true form. But, you know, when I think of the Titan boss fight, right, when I think of the Bahamut boss fight, these are things that start off and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm having a big grand scale fight. And then all of a sudden I'm flying in space, fighting a space laser dragon. And, and it's just with the music, the way the music fits into everything, it's all such a spectacle. And I just, I, I legit felt my draw jaw drop on the floor during some of these moments. I, I can't speak highly enough of the boss fights M- mechanically and technically, you know, they're not anything too crazy, but it's it's sheer just like I got a controller in my hands and I am hooked to the TV for no joke 30 to 40 minutes because these boss fights are not short. Mm-hmm. Um, so first and foremost, boss fights, absolutely incredible. Um, as I mentioned, the music. The music is phenomenal in many different ways. You know, we we I was a little nervous going into this one because Nobuo Uematsu, who is the uh, OG you know, one of the most famous musical composers in the video game space. He's basically done all of Final Fantasy's music for since they started. But uh, we got a new composer. I can't remember his first name. I know his last name's Soken. And he knocked it out of the park, man. He, you know, everything felt felt very appropriate with what was happening on screen. Obviously, with the grandiose style of these combat encounters, you need matching music, and uh, they nailed it through and through with that as well. Um, and I specifically want to shout out the Soken system, which I don't know if that's the official word or what they call it, but this is a system that they implemented into the game, which allows basically the computer or the the game to read what's happening on the screen, and it will adjust the music accordingly. And I specifically think of uh, the Bahamut boss fight. If you get towards the end of that boss fight, you know, it's all ramping up. You've you've done all these crazy things and you're going to kind of have one final drive through Bahamut to like end him. And the music culminates and ends perfectly the moment you fly through him. And it just really adds this extra layer to everything I'm experiencing to really get me more invested in uh, the game. Um, so obviously those two things knocking it out of the park. Um, combat. I think the combat was also of a very high caliber. Uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say it's absolutely perfect. I think there was a level of 
uh, familiarity that you kind of found yourself getting into as you progress through the game where you know, you're kind of getting, uh, you're unlocking these different icons throughout the, the uh, game, and when you unlock them, you get different abilities that, you know, allow you to mix up your style of play and things like that. And it's all really fun. I, I, liked, I liked doing that, but what, it, what you end up finding yourself kind of doing is just waiting for meters to refill. And so the way that the combat works in this game is you have, uh, if memory serves me correctly, six different ultimate moves at any given time that are kind of on these... Uh, these timers, right? And so as they fill up, it, it, the circle fills up, you can use that move, it's gonna immediately start refilling. As you get towards the like later parts of the game, you're really just cycling through these. And so you find which ones you're comfortable with, you find which ones work for the encounter and you just kind of go through it. But I know I gotta say, Nick, and I don't know if this is the same for you, I never lost engagement though. I never felt like I was, I was mad to get into a fight. In fact, I was happy every single time I came into an area and I got into a fight. So, I'm kind of mm-hmm. a little conflicted. I don't really know how to feel about that combat, you know, in and of itself. I, I know I can say I enjoyed it, but like I almost feel like there was an extra layer that I was kind of missing. Um, but you know, I, it's not a, it's not too much of a fault of the game. Do you, do you kind of feel similarly, or did did you vibe with the combat like through and through? Uh, it definitely probably needed more depth as far as uh, I think we've talked about like status effects and. Uh, just a better, a more, more management instead of just it, especially like other people in your party. You just control Clive and uh, Torgal if you want, but it's it's very mm-hmm. you you kind of get in kind of a rhythm. The rhythm feels great, but you're kind of yeah. just cycling through your moves, uh, your special moves, and then you know doing the bigger ones. You know the big I to see this game has exited my mind so i'm forgetting a lot of the the bigger i know i know (laughs) but uh yeah so you're just cycling through these these your icon abilities and then you're just wailing on them and and perfect doing perfectly timed dodges and whatnot and then you just go through that cycle again um so there had there had to be something more but it it felt really good so it never wore out its welcome but I, i agree with you i think um, I think they there could have been some changes there to just to make you think a little bit more. Maybe think more yeah. about timing of certain moves or waiting, saving a move for a certain moment. Uh, as we can get into when we talk about Sea of Stars, is like you know not feeling like you have to keep using all your moves all at once because you have to save stuff for what could happen. You know, and I mm-hmm. think I think this game never challenged you in that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the only thing that I ever found myself really trying to manage was um, uh, on top of a health meter, all enemies have a stagger meter as well. And anybody who's played video games knows exactly what that's going to do. So, you know, you have your attacks, which are going to level or deal a certain amount of physical damage and a certain amount of stagger damage. And so I just kind of made sure I had like a good balance of that because once you get that stagger meter down to half, it, it stuns the enemies. And if you get all the way down to zero, you get a, you know, you can save some of those big heavy hitting uh, attacks to do at that time because you get a damage boost. But other than that, you know, it, it, like you said, it, it, it's, it could require more depth, but, you know, I was not upset with it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I will note that made, made it very nice um, that kind of went in tandem with the combat 
is they allowed you to basically be very, very loosey-goosey uh, with the skill tree, where you can basically mm-hmm. reset your skills at any given time, uh, reestablish the, the points into the skills you want. You can even lock down individual moves. So, like, there was one move that Garuda had that I loved, but I hated everything else Garuda had. So I would just lock that one ability. I could reset everything else. It got rid of all the points that I had into her because she was the only icon I had at the time. For when, so when I lo- unlocked Titan, I could take those points, you know, and rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. But again, I kind of found myself just initially going back to the things that I was comfortable with. Um, and then lastly here, um, you know, I won't touch too much on, on it because, you know, I'll let every, everybody experience it for themselves, but very engaging narrative. You know, I, I've said it many times on this show, the, what I look for in video games narrative is not usually the main thing that draws me in, but it's a thing that will keep me there if it's good. And, and this did just that, you know, I was always, uh, always curious to see where the story was going to go. I think Clive is a really, really strong protagonist. Uh, I think the relationship that he has and, and you kind of learn that he has with his brother throughout the game is, is a very strong relationship and it all kind of ties well into the overarching narrative, uh, as a whole. So I just want to shout the narrative real quick. I, I think it was, it was pretty good, you know, definitely on the upper end of, uh, the final fantasies that I've played. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of a lot of the positive things. Is there anything you wanted to, to add, um, on a positive note that I may have missed Nick or, um, no, no, I think, no. I think, I think you got it. Cool. Um, and then no mention so, of Torgal, lastly, though. Torgal's the best. Oh, sure. I, I, sh- I hope I don't have to remind our audiences that good boys always deserve pets. <laughs> so if you guys, you know, if you guys uh, play through this game, know that you can you can pet Torgal. You better pet that dog. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. I think you get a trophy for it, too. Um, oh, and lastly, sorry, one more positive, and I'll, I'll just mention it briefly. I really dug the, uh, I think it was called the active time lore system, um, which just yeah. allowed you to... Uh, you know, really kind of gave the agency and the player to to digest the story at their own pace and get as much or as little out of it as you really kind of wanted to. Um, because as we're gonna as we're gonna see with my next comment here, you know, the 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 main narrative is really the only narrative you really kind of need to worry about. So you know, it just allows you to go in and and learn a little bit more. You know, which character is that? Who? Which faction is he tied to? Blah 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 blah. It's, it's just a nice quality of life thing to have. Mm-hmm. But it's not a perfect game. No, very few games are. And I think the thing that sticks out the most is the. Mm, lack of love that side quests were given in this game. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because this game is so strong in so many different areas that it almost makes the things that aren't as strong pop out even more. I think if, if the boss fights weren't so good, if everything else wasn't so good, the side quests wouldn't bug me so much. But because they are, it, it just really stands out that much more. And when you do fetch quest after fetch quest after fetch quest, and you start to realize that there's absolutely no world building going on, there's absolutely no uh, intricacies to these stories. It's simply, and I know this because it got so bad that I started skipping all of the dialogue in the um, most here. of the side quests. Yeah. Same here. So, it, you know, where you really start to see this kind of, it was honestly, it kind of blew my mind how obvious of a pattern it was, where it was go to person, go investigate something in an area, come back to person, another character is going to run in and say, this area is getting attacked. And you go attack, you go fight the people, come back and get a reward. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 60 to 75% of the missions were that exact Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's, 
it's, it just felt, it felt weird because there's so much love and so much polish and so much attention to all these other areas of the game that they just missed the ball on that one. And to make it even more confusing, the side quests get really good at the last 5% of the game. <laughs> yeah. The last 5% of the game. You eventually have a side quest that kind of deals with a, a side character you've been you know, hanging out with throughout the game, whether it's the shopkeep of the town, Charon, or it's um, you know, the blacksmith. They all have these kind of more intensive, mm-hmm. you know, meaningful, emotional side quests that you would get to. And it's just it's weird to me that they, they didn't think that that was a point of the game that needed a little bit more love. Um, yeah. So there's that. And then, and then lastly here, um, I think the RPG mechanics could have been a little bit better. Now, I'm a little more understanding of this issue because, you know, I've actually thought a lot about it, uh, especially when I was playing it, because one of my favorite parts about RPGs and games like this in general is I, I am a stat guy. I like seeing numbers go up, but I like my abilities to change in at least a little bit of a way. And what I'm referring to is... Basically, the weapon system and the armor system, and there's one other thing you could equip. I think it's like a wrist a wrist guard or something. Mm-hmm. You really only had three things you could equip, and every time you equip something, all it does was bring that number up a little bit. All the way through the final weapon of the game, where it doesn't really affect the way that your sword, you know, anything more than the way it looks. And I, I understand that this was probably done because they decided to go super hard into the action-based combat Devil May Cry style thing. And if you start to incorporate too many variables, I can see that being a very hard system to balance, especially if they were going to design the combat the way they were going to design it. You know, I think I, I could see it breaking systems or just, you know, not working out very well. But it would have been nice to kind of go through the game, get to a shiny thing on the ground, it not just be a little bit more money, it not just be, you know, the same five things that I've collected through the entire game, but to get different weapons, to get things that affect how, you know, my combat encounters will be uh, more than just the moves that I'm choosing. Um, You know, so I kind of get it, but... You know, it's still, I think, you know, maybe if, if they take this formula and bring it into 17, that they can refine a little bit. Um, because, I, and I think they will stick with this style. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's, I know that's kind of, I was just spewing a bunch of words at all at the same time. <laughs> but, you know, I think that kind of encapsulates how I feel about the game pretty well. You know, without getting into spoilers and specifics, I, I you know, it's paced very well. Uh, again, there's big special moments mixed in with smaller intimate moments. I think some of the side characters could have been better, but Joshua, Gav, you know, there's some pretty good ones. Um, you know, Sid, of course, um, which uh, which leads me to, to the score I have to give it. Um, and I'm just going to say it again, Nick. I, I, I feel like an eight or like a four or five doesn't do it for me with this one. <laughs> I, don't think it's a, I, I don't think it's a five, but I definitely don't think it's a four. I got a petition once again, I think, to have a, a, ten, <laughs> a 10 point system because this game to me is very much a nine out of 10. It's very much a game that does so, so, so much right, but it doesn't do all of the things. Where an eight just feels like I'm, I'm not giving it enough of a shine. I That's just thinking, how I feel You're person. thinking too hard about this. Five just no. means it's perfect. Four means it's an excellent game, but there are things that could be better. It just doesn't feel right, man. In a world of open, in a world of open critics, in a world of you know where we're we're digesting that stuff. You know, we're in a fantasy league where we're we're looking at points and decimals and things. It's just it doesn't feel right to me to give it an eight. I know it's an excellent game. 
it just it doesn't feel right. So we, I, I, I bow to your will. You are the shepherd <laughs> of 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 this this podcast. However, this is getting a four point five out of me. Get fucked, Nick. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, That's you take it. it. You 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 suck this on podcast that. Podcast is over. I'm I'm done. <laughs> we made it one one topic into season two. Sorry, folks. Um, but but yeah, dude, great game. I highly recommend it. I think if you're if you're a Final Fantasy fan through and through, don't let the people say, "Well, it's not a Final Fantasy game." Dissuade you. Go in with an open mind. There's a lot to love about it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Again, I reviewed it. You know, four out of five. I. I agree. It's a, it's a near perfect game and a good track to put the Final Fantasy franchise on. It's been kind of shaky with the main numbered single player ones between thirteen and fifteen. Warren has received yeah, really as well. So, yeah, really since twelve, which I think what was that like two thousand six maybe two thousand five something like that. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a while. I feel like since a super strong um, numbered entry that's not fourteen. So. So, I asked you this off the air, so oh, I'm going to ask you it on the air, is this is, no. a, <laughs> this is a stacked year for video games. Uh, do you think Final Fantasy XVI has a chance to stand out at all come mm. December for the Game Awards? Mm-hmm. A question that I would not have even contemplated prior to the year. Well... I think it does. I, I think it does. Um, you know, this is, I, I don't think there's even a question of it anymore that this is turning into an all-time year alongside 2007 and, and a couple others. Um, you know, so when I think of Game of the Year, there's two that are absolute shoo-ins, you know, and that's Zelda and Baldur's Gate. Those, mm-hmm. I think those two are guaranteed to be there. Um, I would be shocked if Spider-Man 2 isn't there. Um... But after that, I think that's where it starts to get a little weird, right? And so Keeley usually nominates, what, six six games get it usually? Yep, six, six games. So we're, so we're kind of playing with three others. And I think the contenders, you probably got Resident Evil, Dead Space. Um, you got Starfield and Final Fantasy. Those would probably be like, you know, maybe Sea of Stars. I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll get there. But um, those would be the ones that I think would be vying for it. And I think... Based on some of the reception that we're that we're hearing from Starfield, I'm not, I haven't played that yet. I think it edges that out, and I think it would get some more votes and attention than Resident Evil 4 Remake would. Even if you like that game a little more, I think it's just going to have that, oh, it's a remake of an old game about it, which will detract a little bit. So I, I think it will just sneak in there with a Game of the Year nomination towards the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Not all the games are reviewed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, Al, dude, Alan Wake Two could be a sleeper hit. I mean, if that thing comes out and it's awesome, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think Armored Core Six gets that nod, but you know, who knows? There might be some from software junkies out there that just you know want to do it. So I don't know. I but I, I think it's good enough to make it for sure. Okay, all right. And then secondly, over the weekend, Final Fantasy Sixteen got an update. Uh, they gave you new skins for Clive, Jill, and Torgal, and the ability to use any weapon skin you want that you get in the game. But then they also announced that two paid DLCs <laughs> are coming to Final Fantasy 16 2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A- and it's coming to PC. I won't forget that. Um, yeah, it's important. Uh, but uh, 
what's what's the chance you play these DLCs? I would assume one DLC at least will have a new icon. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get Leviathan in there for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's more likely than not, but definitely not a surefire thing. Is probably is kind of what I'm thinking. I don't. I inherently do not like DLC. I I like to put a game down when I'm done with it and move mm-hmm. on to the next thing. Um, but I, I mean, even <laughs> even if the DLC is just a new boss fight, like I'm in, man. Like I said, the the boss fights are that good. They're they're some of the most awesome anime type bullshit things you've ever seen. You know, like I'm, I'm a huge attack on Titan fan and it gave me those level of vibes. So if they can, if they can, you know, do that again, I'm mm-hmm. in, but you know, if they come out and they're like, Oh, this DLC is, is a fishing mini game where you can fuck. No, I, I'm, I'm out with it with anything <laughs> like that. It would have to be, you know, I, it would have to be probably revolving around an icon to, to get me in. So right. ho- hopefully they give us the details we need. Yeah. They haven't announced price date or anything like that. So yeah, the scale of this is, uh, who knows? Uh, but uh, but yeah, that was that was interesting that that came up over the weekend. I was like, oh shit. I believe <laughs> I believe they even said, I, and I, you know, don't quote me on this. I th- I thought they said that there were no plans for DLC back in the day or or something like that. Like I I feel like it was right when the game came out and you were way ahead of me, like you always are, and you're like, oh, well, I haven't gotten the eighth icon yet, and I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna spoil stuff for myself because I have no control. And I was like, <laughs> oh, there isn't an eighth icon. You know, Leviathan's not in it, so I'm like. But but I, I swear right around that time they're like no nah, we don't have any plans for it so I'm like oh that's weird but you know money also is um, you know pretty powerful motivator and, yeah and, I, and I'm it's, it's a great game assuming so. the Final Fantasy 16 remake DLC did well for them if they're gonna announce it for this game too so um, oh the are you you mean Intergrade Final Fantasy yeah. 7 mm-hmm. okay gotcha yeah yeah that was the last DLC I think for a Square game that I can remember um, so. yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. There will be more details on that, I'm sure. Maybe they will be at the Game Awards. I wouldn't be surprised if we if that game shows yeah. up since it, it, it will at least be nominated for something, um, yeah. even if it doesn't yeah, get that Game of the Year nod. I probably should have said this during my review, too. I, I think it probably is currently my Game of the Year, if I were to if I were to say. Okay. So so that that we're talking that, yeah, that level. I think it's probably my Game of the Year. We'll see. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. good. All yeah. right. So we're moving on to the next thing. There is six things, folks, so don't worry about that. But I, I'm driving the ship here. Uh, mm. We're we're still in the catch-up phase. So he's power, he's power mad, people. <laughs> he's, yes. he's hungry for power. Yes, this is my show. I mean, we're not talking about a single Souls game at all. That's oh. against the rules. Um, I'll, I'll get him. I'll, I'll fix him, Mark. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, we're going to kind of catch up with the other games we've been playing over the past month. Uh, and since uh, we'll, we'll go one by one, but since John just had a big rant about Final Fantasy 16, uh, I'll start with one of the games that I played in our little month off here. And that was Sonic Mania. Uh, if you remember in episode 60, we went and played the original Sonic on Sega Genesis again. And I was, you know, I got that itch and I was like, oh, I never did beat Sonic Mania. Um, So I did that and all it did was remind me that Sonic is a bad franchise for video games. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, It has great music. It has great art. But the game design of Sonic is inherently bad. The platforming feels bad. And 
the at its best is you're going super fast through a level and not really doing anything. Uh, you're just watching things go by at a crazy speed. So uh, I had that realization uh, in our time off that uh, Sonic is Sonic is done for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting franchise, man. That you know, it's always feels like it's at odds with itself. And you know, let me preface this with you know, Sonic Two is maybe maybe the most nostalgic game for me. Um, it's up there, you know, Gunstar Heroes. There's some other games from that Genesis era. Um, so I love Sonic Two, but yeah, as I play it as an older guy who just kind of understands what it makes things good and bad. You know, it's, yeah, it's constantly saying, well, go fast. Don't you want to go fast? But don't go too fast because this is all the fun stuff. Don't you want, like, to, you know, get the power-ups and things like that and the secrets? And, like, yeah, I do, but but go fast. It's like, well, <laughs> what do you want me to do, man? And you, you, and know, you can't and, react to the environment or the enemies in time when you're no. going fast either. And usually that they're pretty nasty, too. They're not just mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, if I'm spin dashing, they're dead. It's more like, you know, they're going to they're gonna hurt me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even you might even be spin dashing, and that enemy has spikes covered on him. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's you know, Sonic One really really brought that to light when I was playing it. It's like it it felt like this game is trying to hurt me. It it feels like it's intentionally just putting enemies exactly where you know you're gonna have to land on a precise jump, and the precise jumping is not good anyway. So it's just like, yeah, it's. Not a very fun game to revisit, is it? <laughs> no, and, and I did mention this is a PlayStation Plus Essential game at one point, so I'm sure if you're if you're subscribed, you have access to it if you want to go back to it. But I say, no, it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody out there listening that like really loves Sonic and, and is willing to go to bat and defend Sonic, I, I would be, you know, we'd be interested in hearing from you um, just to see like. You know, is there something we're missing? Is it really just you love these characters? Because Sonic is, uh, he's one of the more popular just characters out there, too, which I've never quite understood why. He was like the number one in that list of pornified franchises. He was number one. Oh, yeah, baby. So so that's what I was going to add that caveat. If if you like Sonic because you're horny for him and the other characters, (laughs) that's not valid. That doesn't apply to the game. So, uh,. Also, also seek help. <laughs> that as well. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I just, you know, even you know, Sonic Generation or Sonic Superstars is coming up here in October, and just, I, this kind of just shut the lid on even that possibility. So, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if that one's gonna have a different vibe and feel. Like, is that gonna feel more like uh, New Super Mario Brothers or like Rayman Legends and less speed oriented? But I'm sure there's gonna be some level of go fast, go fast, go fast. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, let me ask you this question, Nick. Do you? So, although it's not your necessarily cup of tea, do you think Sonic Mania is the best that the franchise has ever been? No, no. Well, no, because I I'm with you. Sonic 2 because of nostalgia and the time I played it. And and Sonic Mania is kind of like a twist. Like it it remakes old levels. So the chemical plant zone is in this. And yeah. it's almost one to one, but then they, they you kind of play through the normal level first, and then they do like a remix of Chemical Plant with the new new mechanics and whatnot. Uh uh no, I don't I don't think so. Okay. I, I, but I, I'm not going to be the don't don't ask me. I don't, I don't you know again. I I don't like the franchise and uh, and I well, th- and I thought this would be the game right because it, it is yeah. like a kind of love letter to those Sonic of the Sega Genesis eras. Uh, but still, no. 
So it's it's nice knowing though that you play a game or or even like you experience a movie or something and you're like, well, I know this is supposed to be the best, and oh, I hate this one. All right, cool. I don't have to even worry about it anymore. Like, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Sometimes that is that is nice, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, cool. Are we are we bouncing to me now, or yeah, are, we, are uh-huh. you gonna, okay? You can go to cool. All right, so I got a couple weird ones. Um, you know, I didn't really play a lot of PlayStation during our time off. You know, I think Final Fantasy 16 kind of, uh, while I loved it, I was just ready to play something smaller, something a little... Uh, You're an Xbox you know. gamer. We, we established this last episode. No, 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 bro. I'm a PC gamer now. Oh, my God. I'm, play, I'm playing a PC game, Nick. Well, actually, I God. played a PC game. Now you have yeah. no allegiances. You're just, no. you're just sleeping with everybody. The enemy, see, the neutral party. I don't see color, Nick. All right, <laughs> everybody is on the same playing field for me. That's not true. PlayStation is still the best. However, uh, my son, famous son of the show, <laughs> Levi, uh, six and a half year old boy, loves YouTube, all that great stuff that every kid does nowadays. Um, he's been watching one of his favorite streamers play this little game called Only Up, and. For those who don't know that, I think most people are familiar with a game called Getting Over It, which is this little guy sitting in a bowl and he like uses a hammer to try and just keep climbing higher and higher and there's annoying physics and things like that that, you know, kind of mess with you. Well, I think this is kind of the evolution of that game. And so Only Up is exactly what it's called. You are literally just a guy that climbs a ridiculous, ridiculous tower. Um you know, to just get to the top. And it's incredibly physics-based, and you're climbing not just a building, you're climbing, like, think of a giant banana floating in space, and then you're climbing a giant whale floating above that, and then, you know, all this other crazy things. But it's an interesting game. I, um, you know... I don't. I, I don't say. I don't think I can recommend it. I don't think I can not recommend it. I don't think I can really evaluate it on much more of a level than like it was a fun way to spend two hours and kind of bond with my son a little bit. But I never want to play it again. Um, sure. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it it was genuinely fun to you know uh, as my son would say, Dad. You just beat your PB, which, you know, personal best, right? It was always fun to to get to that point of like, oh, I've never been higher than this. I've never gotten past this. And then you do, and you're kind of in this uncharted territory where you don't know, you know, what the jumps are and you don't know like what you need to do because what you find is you do fall a lot, right? And so you're playing the beginning of this game a lot, which specifically the, one of the first areas is called pipes. And, you know, after playing pipes 30 or 40 times, you're just like, give me past this fucking area. So, you know, once you start to learn the jumps, it, it doesn't become very hard. You know, all the controls are is basically, you know, W A W S and D and, you know, you use a mouse to kind of move the camera to be able to, to grab onto the surface you need to. But, um, yeah, I mean, enough perseverance, enough jumping and, and whatnot. I eventually made it to the top. It took about two hours, um, and I enjoyed my time with it. It was only $7.99, so low low effort. Um, sure, pretty much any PC can run this game. It doesn't look the greatest. The draw distances are shit, but you know it does what it needs to do. And um, the last thing I'll say about it is, my God, have I never had a game give me vertigo the way that this one does. Like, I think any guy out there knows the feeling of standing on the ledge of something and looking down very far and you feel it in your balls. You know what I'm talking about, Nick, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You get that feeling in this game. It's wild. Like every single time, like I'm jumping and I'm like, I have to jump on this stop sign and it's tiny and I have to, you know, hit the jump perfectly or I'm falling all the way down. It gives you 
a weird level of anxiety and relief and then anxiety and relief almost too much. So where it's just like, Oh my God, I need to take a break. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so only up was definitely one of the weirder game experiences I've had. It's very, very basic, but, um, you know, check it out if you're into masochism. Okay. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I just have one more game here. It is Valkyria Chronicles four. This is a Sega game that was released on the PlayStation four. Uh, it is a turn-based strategy game, uh, very anime-inspired, very Fire Emblem-inspired. Uh, but instead of on a tactical grid, uh, when you pick to control a character, you actually control them in third person, whether it be a mortar, a sniper, a tank, uh, APC, whatever that is. You control it on a field, and you have X amount of action points, and that's how, much, how far you can move on the field. And then you can take an action, whether it be shoot... Uh, throw grenade, various other items. Um, this is the fourth game in the franchise. It's kind of jumped everywhere. It was originally for PlayStation 3, and then the second one was on second and third ones were on the PSP, and then it finally came back to PlayStation 4. Um, it's okay. It's it's nothing. It's nothing special. Um, it has one of the most frustrating uh, menus that Ooh. I've ever experienced. Um, the game is told from the perspective of this guy's diary and everything from encounters to cutscenes are little images on the in this book and then as you complete a chapter you go it the page turns and so on. They divide the cutscenes up so fine-tunedly is you watch a cutscene back to the book. It says you've unlocked another cutscene. Click that cutscene. That cutscene plays out. Come back to the menu. You've unlocked another cutscene. Oh God! <laughs> and and it, it can do this for like seven cutscenes in a row. Just and give it, me the things. <laughs> yeah, just play it all out. It all one giant push. Just play it all out. I don't want to do it. But uh, aside from that, yeah, the the voice acting's good. The music's good. The art style's good. Um, again, this is a very busy fall. I don't know if I'll ever come back to this game. But uh, yeah. it did hold me over during this uh, kind of the calm before the storm as we're about to get into. But uh, okay, um, yeah. yeah, look at look at eighty four. Not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, and, and and it's always on sale. You can get like the whole game and all the DLC for like nine dollars. You know, every other sale it shows up. So. Well, let me ask you this, Nick. Now, I know from knowing you on a personal level that you are a big fan of the first one of these. Would you recommend somebody new to the series just go play Valkyria Chronicles 1 or jump to this one? Oh, you can just jump to this one. That's Just jump right. You think jump right to this one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, all right. Cool. Yeah. I forgot to mention this game has all the Fire Emblem things, too, of like permadeath. Like character Ooh. characters die and then they don't come back unless you want to you know reload your save or whatever. Um, so you get like a hundred different soldiers in this game. Every every time you complete a mission, it's like here are the new recruits and it's and they have relationships with other characters. So it's got all of kind of that that meta uh, that uh, you know you find in Fire Emblem with relationships and a bu- a varied cast of characters. So every time do you get a new soldier? Do you go? Ooh, you're gonna be a good little soldier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That thought does cross my mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Good. <laughs> good. All right. Well, I'll jump through because I always have more in list than Nick does, but I don't have a lot to say about any of these. Um, I'm still plucking away at Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I gotta admit, though, Nick, I'm really just not feeling it lately. Like every time I, I load into it, I kind of find myself just not in the mood to build 
things with my my weird building mechanics and and the systems are all incredible and all that good stuff it's just you know it's also just so open-ended that i find myself getting almost too lost where i want to make progress and i want to keep going but I just keep having this like overwhelming fear of, oh my God, I'm still just in Hyrule and I haven't even explored underground yet. I haven't even gone into the sky. I just, I have all these other things to play. So I think I'm just putting that one down until. Did you hear the the Switch rumors that came out today? The Switch 2 rumors? I I did not know. Apparently, the rumor is it was showed behind closed doors at Gamescom uh, with Tears of the Kingdom and it running immaculately 60 frames per second and all that so uh well you know every game is going to be better than it was when it was released that's that's every game (laughs) forward now so i mean that that's that's just more yeah that's good to know honestly that's more of a reason for me to feel good about maybe putting it down for a bit because i just i want to i want to give that time or that game you know the respect and shine it deserves so maybe it might be like a good december game we'll we'll see you know Mm -hmm. after i get through spider-man 2 and and i'm looking to to, to pick apart something meaty, but um, three other games really quick here. I just, I, I put down Signalis. I do recommend it. I think it was really good. And I, I believe I talked about it a little bit on the show here where it's the, uh, you know, Resident Evil one PS one retro aesthetic style survival horror game that has a lot of cool things going for it. But I could kind of, after about five hours into it, I, I started to feel like, okay, I, I, see everything this game does i like it but i'm not really willing to put in the effort to keep going and continuing in it at least if i had to keep subscribing to game pass if i owned it a la carte i'd probably keep going with it but it was just you know too much other stuff to 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 get through uh and then i did check out a little bit more pentiment and um you know i don't know if i have uh very fleshed out thoughts on it but i i do think it's very charming i think there's a level of humor that kind of permeates every every still frame of that game uh, that if you're looking for it you're going to find gorgeous art really unique art style um similarly to valkyria chronicles 4 though uh really infuriating menu system i just you know again it's kind of this like notebook that he carries around but being that it takes place in the 1500s all the writing is you know curvy and weird and you kind of have to spend <laughs> an extra second even seeing what it says and it's it's kind of formatted in this journal thing and it's just i don't know not very intuitive but that might be just me not being very um you know far into the game but uh last thing i want to bring up that i've been playing and it's really been uh, unfortunately taking up a lot of my like you know it's it's perfect the perfect poop game i've talked about it before but it came out on switch for four dollars and it's got me hooked again and vampire survivors is just <laughs> crack in video game form um so just been just been sinking more like aimless time into it here and there it's perfect when my girls are you know kind of drinking their bottles and i got 10 minutes here or there do a little bit of a run uh that game is great dude like if i don't i don't know if you've really ever given it some time nick and it is the most mindless game I've ever played, but it is... It's it's more deep than you'd think in terms of just unlocks and, and synergies with the weapons you pick up and and the amount of characters that you can get. And there's, you know, if you're into unlocking and, and just keep keep that dopamine rush going, there really isn't anything like it. Okay. Shout out to Vampire Survivors. For four bucks, I'm... I, I, you know, I, f- I feel like that's the kind of game that, you know, as long as there's a handheld system out there, if they put that game on it, I'm just going to buy it for that handheld system whenever whenever <laughs> that is. Because it's, it's always going to be cheap, it's easy, and, uh, you know, keeps me entertained. So that's what I've been playing, except for something we're, I think, about to talk about here in a second. That is correct. So we're caught up. Now we're moving to current times, current games. 
Again, we're kind of in the midst of four big releases. We've played two of them. And the first one we're going to talk about is Sea of Stars. Mm. Now, if you subscribe to Game Pass and play or PlayStation Plus Extra, this game was free to you on August 29th. Uh, this comes from Sabotage Studio. Uh, if any other platform, you got to pay $35 for it. And uh, it is currently sitting at an 89. So reviewing very well right now. Um, it is kind of, it's recreating nostalgia. You know, that, that term that I like to use. Uh, but recreating uh, Super Nintendo JRPGs. So think uh, Chrono Trigger is the big one, but mm-hmm. like Illusion of Gaia, Final Fantasy VI, kind of like those type of games. I've heard Golden this... Sun is another big yep, one. Golden Golden Sun's a good one. That's a, that was a Nintendo, the first handheld, Game Boy Advance uh, game. Okay. Uh, yeah, very similar. It's, a, it's It has that... Super Nintendo 16-bit era sprites. You play from an isometric view, and then when you get into battles, it's turn-based, uh, old-school turn-based. So you know every character just kind of takes their shot when the when they're available. Um, uh, I'm gonna let you take the lead here on this one, and then I'll give my sure. thoughts. But uh, I just kind of let us know how far you are, how long you've been playing, and then uh, uh, your current impressions of it. Yeah, uh, so I've probably got about six to seven hours in. I really probably should have checked my game clock last night, but um, what you know, island I are you tra- on? I just got to Wraith Island, so okay. I'm, I'm still er- I'm still early. Um, okay. So I'm a level six, which uh, for JRPG fans and RPG fans in general, that's that's a it's a meteor level six than I think you're used to. It actually takes a pretty decent amount of time to level up your character. So level six is not just like, you know, the intro area still like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a decent way in into it, but you know, there's one word that I think kind of pops into my brain when I think of this game, Nick, and and that's delightful. This game is (laughs) delightful in every sense of the word. You know, it is gorgeous to look at anybody who's been following the development cycle of this game. I think, you know, kind of uh, would agree with that. One of the best looking pixel art games I've I've literally ever seen um, with some of, you know, the most charming music to go alongside Mm -hmm. it. You know, um, the uh, the gentleman who did the music for Chrono Trigger, which is regarded as one of the greatest soundtracks in video game history. Yasunori uh, Mitsuda. Yep, he came out of retirement or, you know, whatever <laughs> you do in Japan to, to come help out with this game. And, um, you know, it, ju- it just feels I'm so pleased when I'm when I'm just exploring around these islands and, and the bright colors that are popping and the cheery music and the characters are so and I'm not a positive guy, Nick. I live my world <laughs> in pessimism. But like Garl, you know, one of your companions is just uh-huh. so uplifting and, and positive and you just can't help but just kind of you know, go through this game and, and just really want to experience everything it has for you. And Can you briefly touch on what the story is, at least from the outset? Yeah, so you play as uh, two characters, or you have a choice between one of them. One kind of uses the sun as his guiding magic principle. The other is the moon, and you play as the... They're, they're called solstice warriors. Mm-hmm. And so they've kind of are these I've chosen type of... of um, uh, people from birth, I think, that kind of get selected and they have to train for years and years and years to to take down these um, enemies called dwellers, which I believe I, ha- I haven't gotten to this part of the game yet, but they're like these big world eating type of enemies. And it's it's our job as solstice warriors to take them down. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they're they're evil entities. And yeah, if they're left unchecked, they will grow big enough to can 
to to consume the world, they become right. world eaters. Yeah. 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 So you know, it's it's um, you know, it's got a a strong narrative that I'm that I um is very much interested in. Um, the other game that Sabotage Studios did was The Messenger, and for anybody who played The Messenger, one of the things that really shined about that game that I wasn't expecting was the level of writing and humor and things. And this game shows that as well. Um, you know, I am genuinely, uh, you know. I think there's a lot of times I go through a, a game that doesn't have voice acting where it's all text bubbles and I and I my eyes just eventually glance over and gloss over and I don't really care and I, I end up losing narrative and I end up losing a little bit of some of the nuance that I think that the developers want me to go. Every every text bubble I am I am taking my time, making sure that I'm getting all the jokes, making sure that I'm you would, know would really it sh- kind of would it shock you to know that the guy who wrote this English is in his first language? Yes, it would. <laughs> That's, is he, are, they're French, right? Uh, I believe so. Let me. Well, they have a really good translation team then, or somebody. <laughs> no, he's doing it, but it, it it's not his, his first language. I think, it, like, if you if you're if you're a snob, I think of the English language, you'll notice a lot of like commas probably being okay. a little used too much in this when they're talking in this. But uh, but yeah, no, the I agree with you. The writing in this is 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 funny and silly. Um, there's some great uh. Uh, fourth wall breaking as opposed to uh, Yolande. Uh, she's part of this yeah. pirate crew and she kind of makes fun of uh, uh, these type of games and random encounters right. and stuff like that. Uh, the two, the, I've, I was laughing out loud at some of the things she was saying. So, yeah. Um, but sorry, yeah, sorry just, to interject. Sorry. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's so, so delightful in, in those ways. But, you know, it's not just you know, the aesthetics and things that I think really make this game shine. It's, it's, you can really feel the create, the creativeness and the willingness of this team to try and innovate on already existing formulas and genres. And what I mean by that is, you know, again, taking a game like the messenger, which is very much Ninja Gaiden, right? It's, it's eight bit, um, platform, you know, side scrolling platforming game with some hard combat. But, you know, they thought about it and I, th- and I think they decided that, well, what if there was a mechanic that allowed our character to jump after he's hit something with his sword? And what that did is it allowed them to build levels in ways that you really couldn't back in the day. And I think similarly with this, where it's wearing its inspirations on its sleeve, but it's innovating in thoughtful ways to make it very engaging for people who are familiar with those kind of games but are looking for a little bit more. Specifically, in the combat with this game, there's something... I, they call it the lock system, right? Is, it, is that what it's actually called? I, th- I think it yes. is. Yes, yep. Where, mm-hmm. where when you go into a battle, you, know, right, you have your turn-based... You know, there's going to be a little timer next to the enemies that say, hey, they're going to their turn is going to act in two turns or one turn or sometimes three. Uh, but also next to that, every once in a while they'll have these little squares and inside those squares, you know, there could be, I think two, three or four. I think there can be more than that too. I, again, I'm not as far as you are, Nick, so you can maybe correct me on that. Um, but inside each of those squares is an icon and that icon relates to either like um, a specific type of attack, whether it's a, a fire-based attack that your sun guy can do, a moon-based attack that your your girl can do, mm-hmm. or your, your standard um, blunt force or slashing type damage. And mm-hmm. as you attack the these enemies with that corresponding type of damage, it's going to start chipping away and negating those. And if you can get all of those away, it's basically going to skip that enemy's turn. And usually with the locks, it, it means it's going to be like they're 
super move or their powerful move, right? And so All you right. want to, hey, I want to get rid of this. Like specifically, there's an, there's an enemy early in the game where if they get their lock move pulled off, they summon more enemies. And I don't know mm-hmm. about you, Nick, I don't want enemies coming if I'm, if I'm getting towards the end of a fight. Is it that so underground I'm, worm? <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I see his locks. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to kind of ignore everything because I, I want you gone here so I don't have to just keep adding things. But it's just these little ways um, to keep the player engaged that I really, really appreciate. And, and I haven't even talked about the timing system that's incorporated into the yeah. combat as well, which allows you to, like, you know, if you can hit X at a specific time, whether it's an attack, whether you're getting hit, um, anything like that, you know, it's going to give you a little bit of a boost or maybe a little bit of damage negation. And again, it's just, it doesn't really affect the game in major ways, but it keeps me engaged yeah. and it keeps me from having to just like, you know, like when I would, when I tried to get through Final Fantasy VII, the OG one, granted as an adult, I just found myself getting bored eventually with like, oh my God, okay, X, 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 like you just want to get through a fight. And in these ones, like, whether it's because the combat feels good and thoughtful or, you know, I know I'm going to get a decent amount of experience points from this and I want to level up to maybe I'm going to get a type of reward. The game just feels very balanced and very thought out. When I come across a chest, it's usually appropriately hidden, not in a crazy way where I'm going to miss it, but like, oh, there's a little path over there that I didn't see. Or, you know, oh, there's actually something in this chest that I can use as opposed to a game like Final Fantasy 16, which is like, okay, it's more money. It's like, oh, I got a fucking new piece of armor. Sweet. And like, I just really appreciate those things. And I really couldn't be happier for this team. I think Sabotage with this release has cemented themselves alongside Supergiant as some of the best indie developers in the business. And I am there, I think day one uh, for Sabotage's next games. And I'm, I'm wanting to end this podcast right now so I can go home and play Sea of Stars. <laughs> like, which is, a, which is a feeling that I've been trying to chase my entire adult life, you know, I think back to being a, a kid bagging groceries at Kroger and be like, I just want my shift to end so I can go play Final Fantasy. It's like, I feel like that right now. And that's great. And I can't, I can't, I can't wait to see more because I know there's also <laughs> going to be a lot more awesome things to come. Yes, 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 yes. I, I don't know if I'll, I'll give my impressions in just a sec, but I don't know if you heard they are doing DLC for this game. I did. Yes, I did. Yes, so. yes I did. Um, That'll be DLC that I definitely will check out. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. So I have had the last week off. And just as John mentioned, uh, I have been obsessed with this game even more than the next game we're going to talk, which is, you know, Baldur's Gate 3. Nice. Um, I have put in 31 hours into the game and have completed it. And this Uh, is my game of the year so far. Hell yeah. Uh, It is... It is something really, really, really special. John kind of touched on a lot of it, and that's kind of like, yeah, it's trying to be like these older games, but the story and the heart that is put into this and the character designs is just, it's just very whimsical. It, the whole experience, and you know, wait till John, you get to the crazy summons of the game, you know, the ultimate moves and, and mm. the crazy, and the, it, the lock system itself too is, is huge. The lock system is a, the biggest part of the game mm. and it makes things a puzzle because they're going to introduce more mechanics to it and some things attacks. Like you, if you don't manage this thing, things will escalate quickly for you. They um, hit hard, man. They hit hard. And uh, there's so many good 
story. We might have to do a spoiler cast on this because there's so many good story moments, John. I can't wait till you get yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think if we're both passionate enough, which it sounds like you are 100%, I, I'm on the trajectory to be like, yeah, we can definitely do that. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it's just, it was, it was just, it's just great. I just couldn't stop playing it all the way till the, the very, very end here. Um, your moves don't expand very much. I think mm-hmm. all the moves you have now, I think you get one more for each character and that's Ooh, it for okay. the rest of the game. Okay. Uh, that's kind of a negative thing, but uh, but you do get more characters. You you know, so there's there's definitely, and you haven't gotten you haven't gotten an, a fourth character yet, have you? No, the ninja. No, I haven't yet. Okay, so uh, in this game, which is just really convenient, is you can just swap to a character at any time. So if it's uh, Valir's Final, turn, Final can, Fantasy Ten, baby, that's what that does. You and it doesn't cost you anything. You can just be like. Okay, the lock, say the lock says poison damage. Okay, I'll swap to the ninja character and take care of that. And it doesn't okay. cost you anything other than the character's turn and then that the character that you previously worn is not in yeah. the field anymore. So if you did some kind of buff to them or any kind, it's kind of it doesn't stick with the it sticks with them. So uh yeah. Valir has this like bubble shield. Like that bubble shield will go with Valir if you swap her out for the ninja lady. Um and I think that's just again, it's really smart and it makes the combat more interesting because it's just it's always just a puzzle, you know. Like, what's the most mm-hmm. efficient way to get the locks down and manage these other the other enemies if they're not doing locks? Maybe I maybe I want to kill this guy because his health is low enough. So, yeah, the, the combat continues to be interesting. And <sighs> well, let me let me pause let me pause you right here because I do yeah. have a question about the lock system. So I've noticed uh, early on it seems like there's some enemies that I do not have the necessary moves to get their lock off. Is that me just not thinking it through properly, or is that me? Do you, do you have an example? <laughs> yes. So with um, just it doesn't matter what the enemy is, but there'll right. be like sword, sword. Sword, sword, sun, and that's it. And he's gonna do. T- he, he's gonna. He's gonna do his move in two moves. I only have my guy with the sword in the sun. Like so, do, are you always able to time it so that I can get two sword hits in if I time it absolutely correctly, or is that still? So if you active time hit it correctly, it's two sword hits. It counts as every, two every time. Yeah, every unless time? you miss that timing, then it's one. Okay. Okay, then I'm just, I'm just, it's a skill issue. So that's okay. That's good. So yeah, that's, so again, like, uh, like I was kind of teasing and when I was talking about Final Fantasy uh, 16 is like, when do you use, uh, we didn't talk about the mechanic where when you hit an enemy with a normal attack, they kind of spill magic onto the field that you can absorb into your attack. So it makes your attack stronger. And then it also inflicts the sun, the poison, depending on the character's damage in addition. So you got to actually kind of. You know, you could use it for extra attack or you might get screwed because the next lock will be have that fireball on it with the swords mm, yep. and you're going to be like, oh, no, I need that to unlock this. I needed that 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 loose magic to absorb uh, to get into that attack. And um, yeah, and that's a lot of things. That's a lot of special moves. That's a lot of character. The order in which you play a character's attack might matter because um, yeah. there's a character that can delay those locks. Like delay the turn if they're if it's coming down they can be like if it's down to one she has a special move that will delay it and push it back up to a three and that's probably one of the most clutch moves in the game. Sounds like it. But if she attacks early and they go to attack and then they come out of their attack into that lock, 
it, it might be at one right away and you're like I'm screwed like I can't yeah I can't there's like eight different locks I gotta undo uh if I without her this is gonna go off and I just have to you know brace for impact basically <laughs> you know right, whatever it's gonna right. do so uh yeah so th- it's just so good like I said the move sets are very simple but every combat encounter is not you know, it's always you have to be thinking you can't just be hitting X, 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 attack, 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 right. attack, attack, because even simple enemy encounters, if you're not challenging those locks, they'll spiral out of control. Um, and I think most most of my deaths in this game were to fodder enemies who just yeah. outnumbered me either from the beginning or I wasn't controlling the locks and they were in, they were doing more damage that I could recover from. And, you know, it just happens. Yeah, yeah, no, they uh, they hit hard. Like I said, man, I you know the only time I've died so far was yeah when when one of those little wormy dudes just summoned way too many people because I just I did I wasn't I didn't put two and two together that that was his like lock move. I'm like uh oh, because then like <laughs> then those his summons started summoning and I'm like oh my god I'm fucked immediately, uh-huh. you know. But um, yeah, it is it is very it's just very thoughtful. Like it's just so. So creative, like you've like you've been saying. I, I love the I like the cooking system yeah. with Garl. <laughs> like you know how it's 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 restrictive in the sense that like you can only have ten different recipes at a given time, but like it allows you to you know just kind of play around with the different things that you have at your disposal whenever you need them. Like it's it's, it's, it's always the, it's the item system basically. There's you don't really yeah. buy items. You just make food, and then that food has different properties, but they're pretty standard RPG fare. You know, recover yeah. MP, heal your whole party, heal one person, uh, revive yeah. people. Um, stuff like that so yeah no that it's very adorable and i wonder why they went with the hard limit but maybe it's just the the kind of put a little bit of difficulty in the game between campfires there yeah there was one fight where i i i exhausted all of my food mm-hmm. items and I, I got through it but i was like well if uh <laughs> he hits me two more times i'm fucked and you know it just it worked <laughs> it worked out well but um Nick, how is the uh, how's the trophy hunting in this game? I haven't seen a lot about it. Uh, okay, so we didn't talk about relics. Have you looked into relics? I know you have to get them all. <laughs> no, 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 you do not. Not relics. Oh, you don't. Uh, you do have to. Yeah, all the treasures, oh. all of the oh. the conches, you do have to get. Um, but uh, but the game makes those things easy. Um, I won't I won't spoil what happens. But like, I, don't I know don't there's some don't worry about going some, back. Okay, I know there's some relics that say like, "Hey, there's this many items in this area that you haven't gotten," and there's some relics that say like, "You know, you have the chests over here." Yeah, tracking whatever, so. tracking the items is 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 fairly easy, so don't don't even worry about. It. You can't even do it, you know, until you have all the later game abilities anyway. So, but okay. anyway, so relics change can change can affect like the difficulty. You can either make the game easier. Um, I know there's one that will send up a flare every time you do correct timing on something, so you know that you're doing it. I got that one. Um, but there's this one that you get later in the game that's called Artful Gambit. Oh, and you the, have to kill like 10 enemies with that on, right? Correct. And what that game does is, or what that thing does is put your health all at one, huh? and you have to active, if you don't actively time every attack, you'll die. You. So, all right, and you have to be ten bosses with it. So oh, this God. game does have new game plus, but the new game plus ten bosses is I don't even think. Have you played ten bosses where you're at? 
<laughs> no, I feel like I've played like half a boss. Yeah, so you would have <laughs> no, to. I played, I played two, two bosses. Yeah, so you'd have to go through and I think you've played more. You've definitely played more than that, but uh, mm. but uh, mm. you yeah you have to go and do that. And as of right now, I just don't want to. I just don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to start the game over uh, in New Game just, Plus and then get to all these bosses and have to do that. Um, and start hating the game, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, all the other trophies are are manageable. That's the only one that I you can't can't get, or I just don't. I don't want to spend the time. And I have a feeling that this game might have like a boss rush mode or something later, and it might make that trophy easier. I'm just yeah. I'm just putting I'm putting the game down for that. But everything else, all the rest of the trophies are are very manageable. Okay, that's good. I I read an interview that said um, the director doesn't give a shit about trophies, but he knew that people did. So they were very kind of thoughtful to make a, try the, trying their best to make a thoughtful um, and well put together trophy trophy list. So yeah, there's no there's no missable trophies. Cool. So, so and, okay. and the only other thing is, again, this is a long game. Uh, you probably will think you're getting to the end and you're nowhere close. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, Nick, Nick was, he was explaining that today. He's like, dude, I thought I was at the end, like an out, like, Ten times. I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know what to say because I'm at hour six. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, was, the the story's gonna build up in a way where you think you're gonna hit the end and you're not even, don't even close. Just, just every time yeah. you save, it kind of gives your hour mark. Yeah, just yeah. be, just buckle in. It's about yeah, it's over thirty hours. Yeah, the how long to beat has it at twenty six for just the main story. So that that tracks, and you know, I I think some like looking through the trophy list, it's not really a spoiler. It, it, some people might say it, but uh, let's just say I'm supposed to be going to fight the final dweller right now. So you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see where that we'll see where that goes. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yep. Nah, man. It's uh, super happy for the team. You know, they keep making posts about how many copies they've sold. So not only did they get the bag from Sony, from Microsoft, but they're getting copies left and right on Switch probably. And um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. This, is, this, this could lay a wrinkle into your earlier question of does Final Fantasy get a Game of the Year or not? Because like... I, you know, it's just going to depend. I could see people easily saying this is better than Final Fantasy. I could see people easily saying Final Fantasy is better than this. You know, it just depends on the type of game you like to like to have. But I don't think there's any denying the level of quality that Sea of Stars truly is. And uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to see, man. I kind of I, I kind of want to go back and play The Messenger after this. You know? I don't know. <laughs> well, get through this game first. I think you should divert sure. all attention to this. I uh, will. I will. And, and it, it's a five. Uh, it's a five out of five. I, you know, that's that's how I feel about nice. it. You don't. Beautiful. This game just you know comes out of nowhere and consumes my whole life. Uh, yep. You know that's uh, <laughs> that makes me happy, man. I I know you've. You know, you you typically like the big budget, you know, and AAA things, and um, I'm happy to see that you know one of these one of these took to you in such a way, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, sabotage is here for a long, long, long time. And and the and the I don't want to get too far ahead, but the the end game stuff is awesome too. Really, like, kind of when. Because this isn't a lot of JRPGs like this. They kind of, you know, the end game is kind of like the world is fully open to you, right? Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. It's just okay. like there's just so much good stuff in there. Um, okay. So, so yeah. That's Sea so of Stars. A, that's 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 two strong recommendations right there. Go yeah. go play it, people. You really, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you have access to it. Go play it. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. At least give it a shot. It's again, I don't. I think it has a slow start, but it it gets going. Just, just you yep. know. Yeah, I think I'm right about the like I. I'm right about the point where I'm like, I I want to I want to play the next day. Like I got to Wraith Island and then I had to shut it down last night because mm-hmm. it was like 1230. I'm just like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But. All right. Let's move on. The next topic won't be too long because it's the talk of the Internet. I have started playing Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> uh, oh. First, firstly, I, I can talk about how it plays on PlayStation. I'm sure our listeners are curious about that. Uh, it plays very well. Um, the load times are a bit much. I will say that. Really? They're about... Interesting. Well, the, given the game's mechanics, which we'll get into, you save scum a lot in this. And yeah. um, the loads are around... I don't want to say they're like 20 seconds because it feels like 20 seconds, but maybe it is 20 seconds. They're long enough to where I look away to my phone. Ah, <laughs> uh, PS4 days. Yeah, PS4 and, and we're a little spoiled now, so like that is a thing. And I know this game, as I'll get into, is doing a lot, so there's a reason for that. But, uh, but yeah, it, the low times get to me. But the controller controls are very good. It relies a lot on wheels. So when, you, when you're in combat or just in the world, you hit R1 or L1, it pulls up pulls up a bunch your main wheel and then you have a bunch of side wheels so as you gain spells as you gain you know things that your character can do uh it just keeps expanding so you have like i have like four wheels right now <laughs> for any character i pull up uh, uh, yeah uh, it, it, and that is we'll get into that too it is uh-huh. it is a lot <laughs> i agree with you but uh but playing the game is is it, it runs well it looks very good um if this game is also crashing my PlayStation, which is just great. Um, Come on, Nick. <laughs> treat, treat, treat your girl better. I, I guess I'm doing something wrong, but at least over the last day or two, it has not crashed at all. So I don't know if <laughs> something's changed or I'm, I'm out of whatever intense part of the game it is. But uh, but it, but it has been crashing my PlayStation. Okay. Um, but uh, but uh yeah, Baldur's Gate, again, we've talked about it multiple times on this show. You know, big sequel to Baldur's Gate 2 uh, comes from story developer Larian. It is currently tied for the best review game of the year, you know, with Tears of the Kingdom. It's sitting at a 96. It was at a 97 for briefly on Open Critic. Uh, mm-hmm. It had that top spot. But, uh, you know, so all of the accolades are there, and it's pretty much a turn-based western rpg set in the dungeons and dragons universe where every option you can think of is probably viable um you know if you want to shove enemies down a cliff if you can pass the roll you'll shove them down a cliff and they're gone you know if alcohol spilled on the floor you can light it on fire um, if you if an enemy shoots acid at you and the acid's on the ground, you can dip your weapon into it, and now you have acid. Um, That's cool. Like the the possibilities are really endless as far as what you can do, um, and just wandering the world. Like imagine if you were walking through uh, San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto Five, and you could have a conversation with every character that you passed. This game <laughs> is doing that. I'm just like, I'll hit X on this random community and they're like, hey, hey, what's up? And I'm like, and then I have five dialogue options and I go, who the fuck is this character? Like, (laughs) I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, these goblins. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, these goblins are here. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, geez. And that is like, 
and it, it, it kind of just dumps you in the world like that. And I and I kind of think that's kind of a negative to the game is it just kind of dumps you in. You're instantly I have five other companions already within like oh the first hour and a half. And then you go into these towns where I like I say anything is possible and they're just spitting stuff at you all over the place. And you can you can do whatever you want. Like if you don't like this person, you can just kill them. And the game continues on. You know, the que- you can't complete the quest if they're part of it. But the game just will continue on, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> and you're rolling for everything. So the big thing in D&D is, you know, the D20 dice. You're rolling, you know, 1 through 20. It's like every conversation, every interaction you have, uh, you're rolling this dice. And that of itself is very, um, I don't know, it makes me... Uh, I don't know. I like opportunity lost, right? Like yeah. when you're playing like a Fallout game or XCOM where you're, it's like you have a percentage chance to do this, like pass the persuasion check, you know, if you're in Fallout or Starfield or whatever. You don't actually see that number that you roll to lose it. And that right. and that's that's kind of in your brain like, okay, whatever. I who knows. But if you were in Fallout and it's like 80% chance that you're going to pass this and it was like, well, sorry, you rolled you rolled 15 a 15 and you need a 16. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You rolled a 15 and you got a 16. You're like, oh, I got to go back, reload my save, wait the 20, yep. 30 seconds. Here we go again. And that is for every encounter in the game for pretty much is this is this is a system. Every dialogue, every every combat encounter, they can be handled a different way. Um, like I ran, I ran into three trolls, like three giant guys and if I didn't pass this test, they were going to fight me and it was going to be this big encounter. But I just kept reloading, reloading until I got the correct roll. And now I have a horn that summons them, <laughs> you know, so it's like <laughs> we cut because we cut a deal. I, I persuaded them to work for me now. And so okay. now I have this horn that actually just got me out of a big boss encounter early in the game was I was able to summon these trolls to like come through and just demolish everything. Um and so some people might hear that and they're like, awesome, that's awesome. A game with infinite possibilities. But for me, there's just such a sense of FOMO and anxiousness yeah. that this these opening hours in the game where you're not very strong either have been very frustrating. So yeah. that explains kind of why I leaned heavy into Sea of Stars is because, you know, it was not stressful it was straightforward you know uh i just had to figure out these combat encounters but in this game it's just like i can go anywhere and i can do whatever i want and i have five party members who all have side quests are all telling me what to do i have all the normal side quests of this one village i ran into which has like three different factions all wanting this or that and and now i'm in the world and i'm not sure if it's kind of like a uh, souls experience where like if i see something hard i should just run away but right, right. now i've been kind of like forcing myself through the encounters and when you're running into enemies that in one hit do a third of your health uh it's it's been a little it's been a little frustrating so um i'm gonna stick with it because I, I i've heard that this was what happens and the yeah. you're just you're just not powerful enough and the range of spells you can use just aren't good aren't good enough to get you through it like easily, but I mean, if worse comes to worse, I'll just lower the difficulty. It has kind of three difficulties, and I'm on normal. 
I have, I have no problem going to story difficulty because the, the world is interesting and the story right. so far and the characters are interesting. It's just, it's just a lot. It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it, it sound, it's, it does sound very similar to our experience with Divinity Original Sin where you can see yes. all the awesomeness here, but it's just, this is, I feel like I, I am not playing the game by the rules you want me to and you're going to have a bad time if you do that. Um, and it also sounds like this is definitely one of the skills you need to acquire is the ability for you to turn your brain off with some of the things you were talking about, right? Yes. Like just letting you, you have go. To, yeah, you you almost can't play the game. You have to live the game. You have to, you know, be comfortable with anything that happens because that's what your experience is. You, mm -hmm. Nick Ben, I almost said, eh. you is your, that's your, your experience. So you need to, do that as much as you can, and I worry about that too for me. Like, I just, I don't know, I don't know if I can do it, but God damn, do I want to. It's yeah. like the same, I'm feeling the same thing with Starfield right now, where it's like, I, there's a possibility that if I give this the attention and effort it deserves and needs, it could become one of my favorite experiences of all time, but is that even worth it right now? I'm having a, a tough time getting through Tears of the Kingdom. Can I really spend the time to do to do Baldur's Gate? You know, yeah. I, it's a I, and I, it's I, a I what 130 hour RPG is it's just been said. You know, like the first yeah. it's three acts and the first act is like 50 hours. So that and that's also another reason not to stress over these every individual encounter is because the game is going to be so so much more of that, but. Exactly. But, but yeah, we just but we've been trained for thirty yeah. years to yeah. like Yeah. Okay, I, I I lost this, therefore I didn't get what I needed to be powerful. Which I don't think that's a rule in this world. I think that's a you know, the rule in this world is like just just keep going. Just, yeah. just keep going. Nothing nothing will ever make or break the game for you. I you know, even if Which I didn't is, get that horn that summoned the three like troll guys, you know, like I don't I don't think like the, it wouldn't lessen my experience, you know, I just got to kind of. No, there's probably 20 things you missed that you didn't even know you missed <laughs> that could have affected that fight in a different way, too. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's you really got to work with yeah your brain, get your brain to think the right way. But all right. Yeah. So so you said so you're putting it down for now or. Like, no, no, no. I put it down. I, so here's what happened. Um, I also get character creator paralysis. Uh, especially uh, in games like this, uh, Dragon Age yeah. Inquisition, you know, I got it day one and it took me days to finally get a character that I was like, okay, the story's going, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Same here. I created a character about three hours into the game. I was just like, I can't stand my character. Every cutscene, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, ugh, I don't want to yeah. do this. <laughs> I know, I know and while this game lets you respec your character, uh, currently, there's no way to change your appearance, so you're just kind of okay. again a hundred hour J RPG stuck with the character you don't like looking at. Like I'm not gonna do that. So, so then I was like, well, maybe I'll change my class up. Maybe I'll start as a new class this time too. And it was probably over the next few days, just me sitting in a character creator. Just I don't know what I'm. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't know. I'm playing Sea of Stars, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so what um, did you what did you go with then? What are you? I am a bard. Bard, so, okay. You little singing bitch. Yeah, so uh, they they have the high charisma. They have the best chance of, you know, 
uh, persuasion or deception. So that's how I was able to get those trolls is, you know, deceive them into thinking I was somebody I'm not. And so, so that's kind of, but they're not as strong as other classes would be in combat, at least, at least right now. Um, Right. But, uh, but it's been fun. Um, Again, it's just, it's just the game is very overwhelming, but now that I have Sea of Stars behind me and nothing until the end of this month. October 20th. Oh, six. yeah, you got you got 20, you got 19 days, right? right, right. Yeah, the 26th uh, when Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty comes out. Because um, I don't, I have, I, I'm very convinced that even in the way that I consume games, uh, I will be working, this game will probably, I'll probably finish this game by the end of the year. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just that big well, of a game. That's what I was going to ask next is do you feel like the systems in this game are intuitive enough that you can set it down for a while, pick it back up, no problem, or is it going to be an issue? Um, I mean, it is turn-based, so it's not you're it's not like you're losing a lot like when I picked up like Burning Shores again and I'm just like, "Ah, I'm stuck in yeah. a, this combat encounter and I don't remember any of my weapons or how to use them." Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that will help like you know, it'll be pretty straightforward to get back into it, but um, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, treat it like a you know, treat it like a D and D campaign where you know you yeah. <laughs> you pop in once, you pop in every couple of days, you do a mission, and you know, I don't know. Yeah, wonder, it, it is I, my yeah. focus now, so I, I plan sure. to make some some serious progress over the next few weeks. So, and I and I'm not going, I am not touching Armored Core. So no. Yeah. You so, should uh, you should uh, jump you know try and party up with some people you know for uh, for thoughts on that next week or next time we yeah. next time we podcast. No, well, right, I don't, are you gonna get it? <laughs> Eventually, I don't know if I can get it right now. I, just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, well, you just pain. think about that, like a a multiplayer campaign in a game that's over a hundred hours. I just I don't know how any if you're if you're not a not professional streamer. Yeah, if you're not a professional streamer, I don't know how you pull it off. You know, uh, uh, so no, I'm. I'm this will be a solo transfer. You forget what it was like to be sixteen, Nick. <laughs> you forget what it was like to be have no responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. No, I I, w- I will eventually. I I'm. There's a couple games that I think are. Um, very much in that Black Friday space, the two big ones being that one and uh, Armored Core. So, you know, probably be something somewhere around there because I want to play Starfield as well, but I think I might end up just buying that game eventually whenever it like drops a little bit in price. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Wow. You can tell we haven't podcast in a while. We're good. We're going. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it, it helps when yeah you can you can take all the best topics and things over the past f- four weeks as opposed to one. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we we got to hammer out some news items. So one being pretty pretty big. Uh, yep. we'll, we're gonna lead with that news item here, and that is PlayStation Plus. All the subscription tiers are going up in price. What? So. <laughs> so it's alive now as you're listening to this, but this was sneakily added to the PlayStation Plus Essential Games list uh, for September. We won't talk about those games because they are not good. But uh, at the very bottom, it said, hey, on September 6th, these these price changes are going in effect. So I'm going to use the U.S. prices. You know, if you're in another country, if you're like Jesse, fan of the show in New Zealand, you know, obviously look up for your price. But uh as of now, use, what, do you, what do you guys use? Dollary dues? What do you guys use down there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <I don't. laughs> 
<laughs> I've been watching too much Bluey, okay? Bluey's great. And I, 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 I love you guys. Anyway, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. So, PlayStation Plus Essential, that base tier, is going up from $59.99 to $79.99. The PlayStation Plus Extra tier is going up from that $99.99 to $134.99. And the PlayStation Plus Premium subscription, it was, was that $120 initially? Yeah, yep. Okay, I don't I don't remember that. I haven't paid for it before. So yeah, I think it was one twenty. That is be going up to one hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah. Um, when I showed John this, I think he encapsulated it perfectly. He said, "I'm surprised Sony is doing this first, and I think that sums this up perfectly. But John, give me your yeah. thoughts if you want to expand on that. Sure. So, you know, being that I've been able to sit with this for a little bit longer, you know, I think, Nick, you can probably, you know, know how I feel about this based on my takes on all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. Is it a big increase? Yeah, it kind of is. It's probably a little bit more than 99% of people are, you know, able to just stomach and swallow without worrying about it. You know, things are expensive, right? You know, the, our dollars aren't going as far as they used to. There's a global economy kind of recession happening. Everything's increasing in price. So it makes sense that this stuff would as well. But that kind of is my takeaway is that I'm surprised Sony is the one who decided to do this first because, you know, Microsoft has been the progenitors of the streaming model, right, for, with Game Pass. But I think it does kind of put into perspective just the, the the advantage that Microsoft does have in this type of ecosystem, which is the ability to just absorb cost and absorb losses at a much, much higher degree than even a mega company like Sony can. So, And you know, also, I do, to, to add on to that, when your mm -hmm. library isn't as strong, because cause this is coming to... Game Pass too, like no oh, doubt, a thousand percent. But their library isn't strong, and uh, eagle-eyed people saw that they re they revo removed mm -hmm. uh, can't talk their mm -hmm. the one dollar one month trial right before Starfield launched. So um, it's coming, it's gonna come for a Game Pass too. But I think uh, to your point, a yeah, they they have the their Windows and Office three sixty five. <laughs> sales to kind of eat mm -hmm. the cost of paying for a game like Starfield and relying just on subscriptions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I saw uh, Microsoft gets 10% of their revenue from their gaming division. And I believe Sony is more in the 30 to 40%. So it's, you know, it, it is a bigger piece of the pie for Sony just in terms of the money that they bring in. But yeah, it shows that Microsoft can just, you know, keep basically operating at a loss so that they can out outprice everybody. And I, I'm not saying that that is what is intentionally happening or anything like that. It could just be that Sony's like, look, we're going to get ahead of this. Um, we know people are going to be mad, but look, the economic reality of it is what it is. And, you know, not to be that guy as well, Nick, but like if, listen, Money's tight for a lot of people, it's tight for me, but when I look at video games, I've, I value them at a very high level in my life, they are very important to me, and am I really going to let $1.66 a month, which is what the $20 increase for Essentials cost, really get me in a hissy fit, right, like it is for a lot of people. I, I get it, guys, I get that we all want, you know, games to, to be free and be cheap and all have all these companies be 
very consumer friendly and I think that they are consumer friendly in ways, but some ways they aren't because they simply can't. If we want games to stay at the level of quality, and this is a bigger topic I'm probably going to get onto and I'll, I'll bounce off real quick, Nick, so I don't get too ranty. But if we want things to be of a high quality, if we want games to continue to, to grow in scope, to grow in innovation, to grow in the way that things are done, the reality of that is it requires more employees than it ever has. This isn't 1990 where you can make Final Fantasy VI with 11 people in a year. It's going to require more innovation, more resources, all of this stuff. And if you want Game Pass to be a reality or PlayStation Extra and you want these things to be viable, they need the revenue to do so so that they can keep the content on these services. So while I think it does suck that we're all going to have to pay a little bit more money, it's kind of one of the main reasons why I have no problem paying for my games. If I have to pay a little bit more and be a little bit more informed as a consumer, that's the, the what I need to do, and I'm fine with that. But I, I would just urge everybody who is kind of up in arms you know, like this is ridiculous just just take a quick second think about the economic realities of everything and realize that okay if i want to continue existing in this industry space hobby whatever you want to call it not that crazy of a deal and we all knew it was coming sooner or later yeah yeah i mean the bottom line is the value still there you know if yes. you if you took all the games you get either at any of these tiers, they would still vastly total over, be it'd be more than what you're paying for the yearly cost. And, and I'll also say this, is I've never paid full price for essential or extra yet. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, the deals for these things are gonna come. And if you're, if, if whatever your economic situation is, you're a little more price conscious of this stuff, you know, just wait. There's going to be a deal on on these for sure, and you won't have to pay these prices. But yeah, uh, this is just this is just what's going to happen to everything. You know, every subscription well, I mean, service is going to be more money. You know, they, the only yeah. reason they're so low is because they're trying to get pump up those numbers, and then uh -huh. when they do this price increase, they hope that you know the numbers they got only you know a certain percentage falls off, but the rest are paying this new new price. So. Um, yeah, I mean, Disney Plus is going up to like thirteen ninety nine in October or something like that, you know. And, mm -hmm. and when that launched, it was six ninety nine. And there's there's ad revenue. This is you know left, right, and center in the in the um, streaming space now. So it's just it's just the reality of it, you know. And um, I think the the quicker we all just kind of accept that, the better. That's not to say that these companies can run wild and charge us what they want, but you know that's also not going to happen. You know, yeah. they're not going to come out and just be like, all right, we're raising it again to 200 because there is a balance. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it sucks. What I will say though, Nick, what I think, what I think could be a good move on both a PR level and just being consumer friendly. And, you know, they have the, they have the bean counters over there. So maybe it would be too much, too much damage to their bottom line, but I'd be interested to see Sony come out with a fourth tier on the low end where it's just online games and cloud storage. You know, if you if you are a gamer that just doesn't want those extra games, you just want to play your Call of Duty, you want the ability to have cloud saves, why not give us now maybe a $50 a year option that does those two things? You're going to please some people, you're still going to get some money, maybe you'll get some revenue from people that weren't going to subscribe because they didn't want to deal with it. But I, I think we're kind of getting close to a point where if you're charging 80 um, 
125 and 160 respectively, maybe we do need some sort of value model. Not mm-hmm. sure, but I think that could be maybe a, a nice middle ground for people. Yeah. Yeah, the the return of <laughs> yeah of what it the, yeah <laughs> the original yeah <laughs> we'll call uh, it PlayStation minus yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's move on sure. we got a price and release date the the price came first and then the release date came second uh, I don't know why they did it this way but uh, the PlayStation Portal is now coming November 15th and will cost you $200. And if you remember, this is the controller with the screen smashed between it that you can use to stream PlayStation games directly to it from your PlayStation. Uh, that is that is a big caveat. Mm. Um, John, yeah. this is not for me, but what are your thoughts? I'm down, man. I'm way oh. down. Yeah, you're going to so- have this? You're going you're gonna to get it? Not on release date, but I, I would be I would be shocked oh. if I don't have it. Um, you know, I, I this is a very very use case scenario device, right? This isn't this isn't the next evolution of PlayStation PS or PSP and PlayStation Vita. This is almost its new a new vertical that Sony is just trying to um, to get with people with specific use cases. Like I said, like me, where I've realized since my kids have all been born. And I think you've kind of seen this on the show where I get a decent amount of gaming when I get creative with it. And, and what I mean by that is like, okay, I can pick up my Switch or I'll plug in my Xbox and I'll start playing Signalis or Pentiment because my son has the PlayStation 5 downstairs. Whatever the case may be, you know, I think this would be a way for me to just enhance and keep playing the games I love in a in a more viable way because you know I am a pushover my wife if she asks me to do anything I will do it immediately like last night she had me disassemble and put together a desk at like 9 p.m. at night for some reason because she wanted it to work uh, off of today so if she's like you know if she's giving me the look right and I think any married man or man with a longtime girlfriend knows the look of like hey you should spend some time with me and I'll go yeah but see a stars and she goes yeah but snuggle and I go yeah but see a stars maybe this is a way that we could kind of compromise and for 199 I think that's a pretty decent price point if it was any more than that I think I'd be out but I'm pretty sure I can deal with the 199 and while I do like my backbone it is kind of annoying to have to reconnect to my PlayStation. Somebody texts me, I have to get out of the app and reconnect to my PlayStation. You know, it's a cool device, but I, I just having the, the form factor of the dual sense in my fingertips too um, is gonna be it's gonna be nice. So um, I would say yes, Nick. I'll probably have this at some point early next year if I were to guess. All right. You never makes sense. Get... You have to, you have to admit it makes sense for certain people, just not for you, Mister. I have no. I just I just I all these promises of I'm getting it, but just not at releases. You know, yeah, I know. No well, armored core. Now this. I will. Yeah, just, well, just, it's more likely that I'll get this at release than armored core because I'm not going to buy a game when I don't. You know, when I when I have seven games to play. But maybe this. <laughs> sure. You know, maybe this would be a thing if you know if I. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe when I get my taxes back, you know, something like that. A little treat, a little treat yourself kind of thing. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, so we'll see. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, and our third news item is a sad one. Volition, the creators of the Saints Row series, uh, they released Saints Row last year that I, you pretty universally panned. 
uh, on this mm-hmm. very podcast. Uh, they announced on September 1st that they are closing the studio. Uh, Embracer, uh, who owns them currently, um, is closing the studio. Um, yeah, studios can't survive two bad games in a row, that's for sure. Uh, this and uh, between last year's Saints Row and 2017's Agents of Mayhem, that um, they've had two bombs, and you know, just even though they're located in an area that's you know, not it's not an, an expensive studio to run as one is, is like Sony Santa Monica in California. This was in Champaign, Illinois, so it's like the overhead cost of this studio was probably a lot less than other studios, but still. You know, it's yeah. it's sad to hear that, you know, there's one less studio out there and one is as storied as Volition was, who, you know, was, you know, was taking on the same space as Grand Theft Auto and kind of carved out their own little niche uh, series in that same space that was, you know, fairly successful until last year. So, yeah, I um yeah, I think that last point, Nick, is is kind of a key one. I. Volition had such an opportunity, I feel like, in the last 10 years to really get a good foothold in that space, the Grand Theft Auto open sandbox life sim genre, whatever you want to call that, because obviously we haven't had a new GTA since 2013. People are clamoring for the next one. And I feel like if they just kind of stayed the course and made and released some games that were more of like the Saints Row the third, um, or even, you know, if you want to take the more grounded approach like Saints Row two had, I think that they'd still be around. And I think they would have probably had a decent amount of success. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw these reports, but it seems like when Volition was developing this last Saints Row, they had a lot of meddling and a lot of interference from the upper management of Embracers, kind of saying like, no, we, we don't want you to do it this way. Make it more group oriented and, and bright colors and fun things. That's what the kiddos want nowadays. They want fun, zany things. And, you know, I, I think I read a report saying they were they were leaning more towards like a Saints Row 2 feel, which was their grounded one. And you know, maybe trying to capitalize on that that Grand Theft Auto void that there was. But yeah, it's it's a sad thing. Nobody ever, you know, we don't like people ever losing their jobs. Um, but one last thing I'll say is that, you know, I would hate to be owned by Embracer right now, man. Like they have 129 different game studios right now, which is just unbelievably dumb in my opinion like you cannot manage that and volition being one of the bigger ones yeah you know you could definitely say they have more overhead and more costs and if you're you know if you have to save some money like that's an easy way to do it off the top but at the same time like if you start getting rid of your storied talented teams like you're going to just be left with a bunch of slop and a bunch of crap and so I don't know. I, I blood's in the water over at Embracer. I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple more closings, um, you know, and see them kind of shift how they do things because they've just been gobbling up, gobbling up, gobbling up over the last five years and don't have a lot to show for it. So hmm. we'll see. Yeah, it's the interesting point you made about the meddling because if you remember, the launch trailer was very, or the the reveal trailer was a CG trailer which was very Fortnite inspired. Like you couldn't tell that that was a Saints Row game yeah. till the very end, and it was wildly negatively received so i mean if if the embracer was pushing that whoops yeah (laughs) yeah and it it just seems like a company that doesn't quite understand the video game space like 
I, I, you know, that that's telling their teams to, you know, make games in different ways. Like that's a big, big, big no, no buying everything possible, having weird, like, you know, if you have 129 teams, Nick, that means you have theoretically at least 129 games in development. And if you have those, you're going to be cannibalizing your own sales. Like, sure. Mm -hmm. There's different genres and things, but it's just, I don't know. It's an unwieldy, unwieldy beast over there. And, um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to, to have Embracer probably be in the news for a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more of their studios uh, yeah. going bye bye. Um, bye bye. And then our last rumor. I I don't know the credibility of this one, but it came up, and I, it is something you know your very own PlayStation pals have talked about before. Uh, yep. And that is the snitch is reporting that God of War Ragnarok DLC is coming. Uh, no specifics, and whether it's an expansion, you know, is it Burning Shores or is it Miles Morales? We don't know. Um, right. But it's about 60% done, slated for next year. John, we briefly touched upon this when we talked about God of War, uh, about how we believe if there is an expansion, it, it will be very Atreus-based, given mm-hmm. where the story left things there. Uh, we won't get into too many spoilers about that but uh do you how credible do you think this is john i i think it's i think it's pretty credible i mean the snitch he i don't remember specifically what was the rumor that he had the big rumor he had a little while ago uh but he i think he nailed that one i think he had um, rise and, of ronin okay I, I i think there was something else like a big one but i, I i'd have to go back and check but um, I definitely believe that God of War could be being worked on. It's, you know, Sony's probably number one critically acclaimed series right now. I tech, I personally think um, we don't need it. I kind of would rather see the series just go into the next big arc that they want to do or whatever the case is. But um, it makes total sense. I You know, Atreus is now older more capable we played as him in the in ragnarok itself um and it would be a really effective way to kind of bridge the the universes uh to wherever you want to take the series now whether it's atreus is going to take the full reins and there might be some sort of narrative in there to kind of usher kratos away um or you know or not or it's just kind of a way for us to get a little bit more atreus kratos is going to stick around we're all going to go to egypt and have a grand old time killing anubis you know you don't know (laughs) But um, I think it's I think it's legit. I think we'll see it um, probably and, and whenever Sony decides to do their next big thing. Yeah. And and yeah, yeah. My my DefCon level didn't come true. You just reminded me of that for August. Ah. No, no showcase. But yeah. also, but also, all the other Sony studios have been kind of doing these half projects. You right. know, in, Insomniac. You know, if if we got that Last of Us multiplayer, Naughty Dog, but you know, Sucker Punch did Icky Island. We just yeah. got Burning Shores, so it's so all their other studios are kind of doing these half projects. So it wouldn't surprise me that if you know their their best selling franchise also gets you know the same treatment. Um, yeah, and I mean, I can definitely, you know, I think back to my maybe my favorite scene of that entire game, which is, you know, when Atreus does go off on his own adventure. I mean, it's a perfect spot to start a game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you start the game with Kratos going, you know, Loki can go, but Atreus stays here in my heart. And then like you, and then you just the camera follows Loki, and we're off on whatever his journey is. We see it and experience it, and then and then you know, go from there. But um, yeah, I mean, hey man. God of War was 
my game of the year last year. I I am more than happy. Oh, was it? I don't know if no. Yeah, it was because I didn't do Elden Ring until this year. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm always happy to to revisit that that stuff. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if they do it, it's gonna be amazing. You know. Yeah. Of course. Like, <laughs> could you imagine if it wasn't? Like, yeah. What so, happened? So uh, so yeah, that'll be exciting if that is in fact true, because uh, definitely on the single player front. Sony could use a little more announcements. <laughs> yes, they could. Yes, they could. Um, Nick, Nick, a little little pop bet, and we'll see if it's a pop bet because I don't know what your feelings are. But if you had to, if you had to say, uh, Burning Shores or Miles Morales type expansion, which one are you going with? Or is it is it just a little add on, or is it its own standalone thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Insomniac is such a voodoo that I don't think I don't think it would be. A full-fledged game of, you know, 15 to 20 hours that Miles Morales was, that it's more of a DLC add-on that they, and then the playbook probably will apply is God of War Ragnarok will be a PlayStation Plus extra game and then (laughs) lead right into this DLC. Okay. Uh, That, that's, that seems more likely to me than them doing a, a, you know, a 20 hour standalone game, but that, but I'd be fine either way. That's for All sure. Right, well, you want to do a PlayStation Pals pop bet? I'll I'll take the I'll take the standalone. Okay, sure. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, so that's it for news. Final final thing, and that is the future of the show. Uh, in our time off, we got a lot of feedback, and I appreciate everyone that emailed in or talked to us. Uh, and, uh, other Nick, Ryan, Jesse, Mark, you know. A lot of people had a lot of things to say. Some of it conflicting as to where we Not should Jake. go. Not Jake. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, uh, one of the big feedbacks we got was the name. Uh, Mark was talking about that. And uh, John and I have been in agreement for that for a very long time. Uh, you just can't, you know, if this was a profitable show, you know, you couldn't be named PlayStation. You know, you can't have that right. in your name. Uh, you know, nobody else, nobody else does that. Uh, so the, a name change and a logo change are coming. John and I just need to really like figure that out. What well, we want that to be, because that'll mm-hmm. be kind of a, a big push to all of our social media platforms to change the name and get that all out at once. Um, and I am going to use that time to, you know, that's when video should be coming. That's when we can explore you know, a lot of people, a lot of suggestions about Patreon. I don't know if we have enough listeners to start a Patreon, but it is something we could explore to at least recoup maybe the hosting of the podcast cost. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we're exploring all those things. Um, and also that the show is going to move publishing dates. So we are now going to publish every Tuesday. So expect new episodes going forward, even from the one this one is posted to be on Tuesday. So Tuesday's show might be a little light given we only had a couple days, but, uh, I just, I just want to make sure Nick, so you wanted to do Tuesday, not publish on, not record Tuesday, publish Wednesday. I just want to make sure you're comfortable since you do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm fine with publishing on a Tuesday. Okay. Okay. So, so expect, expect that going forward, the same weekly cadence of our regular show. And then again, when we, when we nail down a name change, We'll announce that, and then you'll probably see, you'll be, and if you didn't listen, you'll be like, why did everything change? But that's coming. <laughs> um, 
And we also got a lot of feedback of becoming a more general gaming podcast. I'm still up in the air on whether I want to approach that because even though John is a filthy trader right now playing PC and Xbox games, our allegiances are always going to be PlayStation. It's the only current gaming platform I have and it's our preferred way to play. And I'm afraid if someone listens and finds us and starts listening, they're like, wow, they are really into PlayStation. Like, you know, they're, we're, they're not talking Starfield. They're talking Spider-Man 2, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, the, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Because if, if we do go a more general gaming route, then we won't be talking about PlayStation Plus extra games or essential games that get announced or very, very Sony, Sony-specific news. Um, yeah. Unless it applies to everything. Um, so... Well, I mean, that's definitely a, a big thing that we can, you know, pull the audience with. You know, if there is anybody that, that can take the, a, a quick couple minutes and just send us a, a quick email, it doesn't have to be long or anything, just say, like, would you, you know, would you rather us shift to a more generalized discussion or do you appreciate that we try to cover PlayStation as in-depth as we can? Um, you know, because we're kind of, I, at least I'm open to either, but, yeah, we want to make sure that we're doing right by the people that we do this for. So let us know. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and our two big listeners did, and they were both the opposite. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and we're just a PlayStation. It's just a PlayStation slant. Obviously we have no problem talking anything else. So, you know, like I'm not, you know, if John does decide to start playing Starfield, he can bring Starfield just like he's brought tears of the kingdom. If there's other games and he wants to talk about it, that's, I want, I always want us to talk about things that we're excited about. But again, it's usually PlayStation stuff, so that's right. Just how it, just how it works. So, so I don't remember what whatever Tuesday is. I think it's the 11th. Expect you know an episode, and then just the weekly cadence after that as we kind of cover all the big games of fall. So, the 12th. Just you know, not that it matters. But oh, the 12th. okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, yeah. There you go. September 12th. New show. New episodes. Yeah. Yeah. 2.0. 2.0. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the format will be like kind of what I briefly talked about is John and I will use the six things as a maximum. If John just wants to bring one thing a week or I do or wants to bring nothing and the other person just takes the lead, that can happen as well. We're not going to kind of we're only we'll ready. Anything. We're not going to do light to talk topics. About, <laughs> we're going to talk about 2B every week, Nick. Oh, Get my ready. God. Yeah. Near it's fine. It's fine. Day. If you think you can do it. <laughs> uh, I don't want to stare at you across the table when I'm talking about 2B for the fourth time. I don't. I don't. What crossover is she in now? Just tell, oh, just tell me that. Not enough. <laughs> so yeah, that's so that's how the show is going to work. But uh, yeah, until we get the name change, kind of expect the same old show. Just you know, we might talk a, a little bit more about specific topics and a little less about individual topics. So, um, yep. uh, so yeah. That that's it. So that is six things, John. We almost we almost did a two hour podcast. So well, it felt impressive. good, man. It, you know, it felt like I was stretching my legs. You know, kind of using some yeah. muscles I haven't <laughs> I haven't used in a while. So it felt good. Happy to be back. Happy to you know um, kind of tweak some of our stuff and um, you know get ready to prove that my opinions are vastly better than yours. So I'm happy to keep that going. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah. you know, you have no, to we'll, you have to play games that come out. You know. Oh, stop it. I'm doing my best. <laughs> All right. Do you, do you have anything to tease for next week? Next Tuesday? Um, 
No, man. I, I mean, I uh, obviously excited to get back to Sea of Stars. I, um, I just got my 4K uh, version of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse in the mail mm. while we were talking. So I'm very excited to pop that in tomorrow. Going to order some Jets pizza. Uh, watch that and probably not talk about it on the show. So I'm not teasing anything there, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just excited. So, no, it's more Sea of Stars for me. And, uh, you know, if I, if I get crazy and resubscribe to Game Pass... You know, there's one game I'll be checking out. I'm sure you'll know what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of that game, I definitely, that is coming next week because I definitely want to talk about it. Uh, the yeah. reviews, the discussion around Starfield, um, what's this, what the bigger picture is for, you know, the game and Xbox as a whole as they look to finally have the game. Or do they? I don't, I don't know. Depends on who you're talking to on the internet. It goes back and forth. Um, David Jaffe says it's one of his top three games of all time. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> okay, but okay, but <laughs> so yeah, I loved it. it. Was it was titled to God of War Creator? It's like all right, guys. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's 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 a Bethesda game. You, yeah. I think that that will sum up the most of our discussion. But since this show started on Starfield being one of the six things, we got to talk about it for sure, yeah. uh, and Starfield probably Armored and Core as well. I wanna I wanna talk about Armored Core. Um, as that is out now too, reviews are out. Want to talk about that, and then sure, and then just from the gaming front, I'll probably just I'll just probably check in about Baldur's Gate, and if I have any funny anecdotes or funny stories of my playthrough in it, I'll try and not be too spoilery about the bigger stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's how it's gonna be. Um, I'm just waiting. They're gonna and they're gonna announce news about um, Cyberpunk 2.0. Next week. Oh, okay. Too. Cool, cool, cool. They're going to, because it supposedly is coming uh, before the DLC comes out. So, yeah. Well, do you think we're going to get any Spider Man 2 news soon? Because, like, they put, they've been posting a lot of shit lately. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen all that. <laughs> yeah, they've, yeah, mm-hmm. all the different characters. Did you yeah. see the big kerfuffle about Sony uh, posting about that game? The, uh, became a big joke. inches of venom yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i did uh, yeah so, so somebody saying so i can't wait for ni- 19 inches of the lizard and 19 inches of <laughs> peter and ni- all right guys yeah so uh i think it was the playstation uk tweeted about the collector's edition and and their phrasing was like are you ready for 19 inches of venom which is the the height of the actual statue <laughs> but obviously <laughs> You know, this being the internet, we all took it very sexually, including all these other companies started touting about the in- how many inches their collector's edition items are. Uh, and so it was just a kind of a, you know, the internet can be horrible, but... <laughs> sorry, I'm just, I'm just reading the actual tweet now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, says, go ahead. It says, treat yourself to 19 inches of venom <laughs> and more with Spider-Man. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, so it, it's it's just great. And uh, yeah, like, again, the internet is usually, you know, a horrible, reactionary, just the worst takes. But uh, this was actually a pretty good one as everyone kind of had fun with this this silly one. So Yeah, Man, I, uh, I didn't realize there were still versions of that available. I should, uh, should get myself one. <laughs> you want 19 inches of venom? I would love 19 inches. Of <laughs> oh, never mind. It's in pounds. I don't know. What, I don't know what pounds means and all this fake money. <laughs> not, not real money. I'm sure, it's available uh, in the yeah, states sure as well. But I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, and also the lead up to that game. I mean, I'm assuming we're getting a state to play for it eventually here. Um, yeah. So it just again, we're 
you know, a month away from Spider-Man, which is, again, and so that game's just going to sneak up and be out and consume right. my life, so. Yep. <laughs> We're in the Our, thick of it, buddy. We're in the thick of it. We are. We are. And so, for the song that I'm leaving you on today, it is from Baldur's Gate 3. It is called Down by the River. This plays during the character customization screen, so I <laughs> so heard, heard a lot it, of it so much, so much, and it's a good song. It's got some vocals in it, so it's 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 a very folky and fantasy like. It's it's great, and this is by Borislav Slavov. So <laughs> enjoy. <Sorry. laughs> I like to like the exact the exact kind of a guy that would write a song called Down by the River. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy the song, and again, we will be back September twelfth with our normal show and have up to six things to talk about so we're glad to be back are you glad to be back john so glad all right so yeah you know stay tuned for more of our voices so all right bye-bye see you guys Don't wake me up, child.